Welcome to the UX of EdTech podcast, an exploration of user experience in the EdTech space. I'm your host, Alicia Kwan, and I look forward to learning with you today. So today I'm chatting with Suj Premachandran about a UX course that his team designed specifically for kids. Suj is the CEO of Digital Influx, an EdTech consultancy that aims to bridge the gap between education and employment. Do you want to just um, explain a little bit about what that is, what you guys do? Yeah, of course. So Digital Influx is essentially an EdTech platform that teaches children the basics of user experience design and design thinking. Um, It's broken down as a six-week course for children aged between 8 and 11. Um, And essentially, they learn all the steps of design thinking and play online games, not online games, but essentially play games that help them in understanding design thinking as well. So think um, learning and entertainment. There's quite a few project um, products that are out in the market that do something similar, but we are one of the only ones that have introduced um, a course that combines entertaining facts about design, um, engaging forms of projects that make children think about real life topics. And so far we have tested this with children in the US, um, India, and Japan, and obviously the UK. Um, We've just launched into Japan, into Tokyo, uh, and we are now looking to do the same in India, the US, the UK, Australia, and Brazil. Um, We feel that UX is a transferable skill that can go into any market, whether that's digital or physical. Digital would be um, the preference, and what we're trying to do is bridge the gap between education and employment. We are in a recession at the moment. So what we're trying to do is prepare um, people or young people in particular from an earlier age um, to prepare them to work uh, into a tech environment. Is that too much? (laughs) That's a great, that's a great description. I'm curious, how did you go about realizing, I guess, that you wanted to to develop this this course and develop this um, even this vision for digital influx, where did all this come from? So um, I'm from a sales and recruitment background. So originally, when I graduated from university, I studied creative advertising. So I was supposed to make commercials for a living. But when I came out of university, it was the last recession. So I came out of university and I had to just working sales and working jobs that just essentially pay the bills. I ended up working in recruitment, did really, really well. You can make a lot of money in recruitment in a short period of time. And that's what attracted me because I was just like, you know, I just want the money now because I've obviously been screwed through university. I did this for around five years. And then after five years, I realized that I wanted something a little bit more important um, in terms of helping society. Uh, I live in East London and I've noticed that there's a lot of wealth inequality, um, particularly in East London and inner suburbs within London. And I wanted to do something to help kids, but I didn't really know what to do. I quit that recruitment job, went traveling for a little bit, and um, I decided to get into tech recruitment. 
when I got into tech recruitment, what I um, figured out pretty quick was um, how UX was being used and how it's growing massively. Um, I realized pretty early that I wanted to utilize this um, for kids. And so far, it's worked. Um, I feel that UX is not like you know, the answer for all of the world's problems, but I think it's a good start to look at problems from a different angle. Um, and if you can look at problems from different angles, then you can develop different thought processes in people, specifically focusing around empathy. Um, that's how we got to it. So what would you want your end goal to be for these students? Would you say it's applying these um, principles and using design thinking in other areas? Is it um, somewhat of a funnel to help them literally um, study or use UX design or become UXers um, in the future or a little bit of both? Um, there's a short-term goal and a long-term goal here. So with the short-term side of things, we just want to make young people and children aware of industry um, at a younger age. A lot of them grow up thinking, you know, doctors, lawyers, dentists, you know, join the army. Um, those are the professions that are kind of chucked at you from an early age. This kind of um, tech work opportunities aren't presented to them, but they're using these products all the time. They're using tablets, they're using their phones, they're on their PlayStations, they're using UI, they're using UX. We just need to try to engage them a little bit more. Yeah. So um, just for our listeners as background, I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, the way that we got connected is, you know, I saw um, on LinkedIn, first of all, I saw, you know, your course and what, what's this UX course for kids. Um, that's something that I have yet to to see, like where it's specifically UX. Um, back in just a few months ago, I um, put together a virtual workshop and we talked about this, you know, a three week workshop for middle schoolers to basically introduce them to the basics of UX um, and some design thinking principles and then get them to practice, do a couple case studies. And it was inspired by how we experienced actually um, distance learning in the spring, right? We use Google Classroom and um, the whole suite and a few other tools. And there definitely were tons of bumps along the road. And so I was curious, I wonder how students would redesign some of these features. You know, how would they um, how would they go about using the UX process and even doing some light, moderate, even research and doing some surveys to come together to develop something better? And so when I saw your course, um, I got just super excited because I'm like, hey, that's something that, you know, I was trying to do in a really small way. Um, and I think it needs to happen. I was surprised that when I was researching while I was developing my little workshop that there wasn't a lot out there. There's tons for the adult level, you know, or college level, or if you want to go out there and pay for a course and become a designer, you know, so a little bit older, but for eight-year-olds, that's not something that I've, I've seen a ton of. So super excited. Um, what stage would you say your your course is at? You said that you've introduced it in a couple places. What are kind of your next steps? And then what is maybe even leading up to your larger vision and hope for, for digital impacts? Well, let me um, kind of reverse the question on you a little bit. 
right. you've recently started um, getting into the UX world, right? You understand it a little bit more. You're, you're competent with um, the breakdown of how it's used within within tech and design, right? Correct. What do you think the long-term implications are if someone does a UX course at eight and they carry on um, with that kind of study within tech for 10 years? Let they, let's say they start my UX course, as an example, at eight years old, and in 10 years' time, by the time they leave school, um, let's look at, let's say, 100 students that have studied this. What do you think the result would be? That's a great question. And, and you're saying that they continued on even, you know, when they got older, like there was an older version of the course? Yeah, the, it's coming, essentially. Okay, okay. okay. Let, let, let's say they go on it um, and they carry on with additional courses with us, tech focus, for 10 years. What do you um, think the result will be for society? Um, wow. Um, exponential. So I think, first of all, for that individual, they're probably going to be more comfortable with the process of, quote, unquote, failing or trying mm. out new things and seeing if it works or it doesn't and not seeing it as um, I need to, you know, achieve something to reach a certain grade, you know, to show that I've accomplished something. It's more so just seeing learning as a process um, and enjoying that process to some degree. Um, so being comfortable with failure um, for the process of learning and growing and developing, I think that individual probably um, will go through life constantly thinking of solutions or asking the question, what if this, what if that, and feeling probably a little more confident to, to try out solutions. Um, so instead of being used to letting um, the knowledge kind of be um, fed to them, um, mm -hmm. they'll probably be, it, it'll be flipped around to where they're, they're making their own learning. They're, you know, constructing their own learning. They're, used to building things or working on things to figure it out. So as far as society goes, that's going to be a lot of problems solved. I would, I would think, or a lot 100%. of new, new innovative tools being developed. I personally feel that this is going to cause, um, disruptive technology, um, like a boom in disruptive technology. If, children were able to learn this kind of um, thinking, it will affect society both socially, um, economically and technologically. Mm. So as an example, um, let's look at the States, right? Pandemic happened and now most people are in within stores are using contactless payment, right? Is mm. that happening? It's supposed to. <laughs> okay, Not everywhere, fair. but in a lot of places, so, yes. So I've got American friends and we were talking about this and in the UK, we've had contactless payment for like 15 years. Like it's been going mm -hmm. for a while, right? Um, but why does it take something like this to move into, we need to have a more user-friendly interface for payments? Like something like this had to happen to innovate. And I feel that if these children are able to learn different ways of thinking around tech, <clears throat> and physical life, they will be able to create a lot of disruptive technology, whether that's for finance, whether that's for housing, um, whether that's just general education. I think they'll start figuring things out quicker, especially if there's a group of them together.
and they all think like this. Mm. So that's what we're looking at. We're, we're looking at um, innovation for young people, giving them opportunities to, to, you know, maybe start their own business, maybe get into employment quicker, um, just a different way of thinking overall. Wow. That's exciting to think about, even thinking about the future and and everything that it could bring. Um, you said you're working on higher level courses. Uh, yeah. What are you looking for in terms of connections or help or consultants or anything for your course design? Um, where are you at in that process? So right now we are actively working in Japan. That's our that's our first starting block which just came out of the blue. Our second starting block is the UK and our third is the US. Um, in terms of contacts, we're just looking for people that kind of believe in the same values that we have um, and believe that tech within education will help students and help society. So we're looking for conversations with parents, with teachers, with people within local government that care about um, the education in their, in their district. Um, anyone that's interested in advancement for kids, um, whether in the public sector or private sector, um, we're keen to have those conversations. Okay. How can people check out the course? You have um, a demo, right? Digitalinflux.com. So just push that into Google or just put it into your search bar and we will come up straight away register and then you can try out the first lesson as well as play a game on empathy um it's pretty cool that's the best way to describe it once you do the demo um it will demonstrate what a portfolio is the the students when they are doing the course on the first lesson they choose a, a subject of their choice so that can be wellness um animal welfare or green energy. Um, so the, the essentially the plan is, let's say five kids in a class choose green energy um, in the US. Once they do this project, they're able to share this project to kids in Japan, Japan back to the UK and the UK back to the US, creating um, somewhat of a pen pal system, but in the, in the digital age. So we'll be able to share ideas uh, and work with people um, halfway across the world. This is the kind of environment and the thinking that we're we're looking at. This is real research. It's a, it's global research on uh, on on issues that matter. Um, so one of the things that we're looking at is these are the three subjects that we're introducing to eight to eleven year olds. What are we going to introduce for the teenagers? Um, like we were looking at things like sexual assault. Um, we were looking at mental health. We were looking at things that. Um, are influential within society, things that need to be talked about. It can't just be like, you know, fluffy, here's a wireframe, here's a user flow. It, it needs to kind of galvanize, um, galvanize a different way of thinking. Sure. That's, um, yeah. A bit deep, yeah. a bit deep too far. It's <laughs> really deep. That's, that's a good yeah. one. Um, so, Connections in the United States, what are you, um, you're looking for people to be interested in trying it out, right? Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. yeah, so we are willing to give it for free for a number of schools in the US, just as a, on a trial basis. Um, but essentially, um, what we want to do 
is develop a network of students um, that will study UX uh, and then link that into the, the projects that we've got going on in Japan um, and in the UK. So this will be the first uh, of this network of children that are studying UX, but this will grow wider. So from uh, the three countries I've mentioned, we've got four more that we're working on as well. So this is going to be a global project that will link um, link different minds together. Okay. Wow. So global scale. Yeah. You know, we're not in the Morse code generation, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like you don't have to wait around. There are people speaking to people all over the world, sending pictures, sending videos, sending gifts. You don't have to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're a school in Canada. Maybe they're too far for me. That, that doesn't exist anymore. And the thing that's highlighted this is um, this whole COVID life, right? Most of my meetings have been done on Zoom the way we're co communicating right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, people are closer now. We were supposed to be more divided, but uh, what this has done is actually bring people even closer, but digitally. Right, right. Well, I I want to give people an opportunity to um, basically act upon what you're talking about even right now. Um, what can people do to connect with you specifically? Um, so you said the website and anything else that they ways they can find you. Yeah, you can you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can type in Digital Influx into LinkedIn, and then you will find me on there as well. So I'm on in LinkedIn. We're actively involved on that. Um, the rest of our social media feeds are on our website. So if you go on digitalinflux.com, just scroll to the bottom and you'll find our Medium page, our Instagram page, our Twitter and our Facebook on there. But go on there, try out the demo. I want to see what you think. This course was created by some um, very, very creative young minds in the UK. A lot of them have got masters in user experience design, UI design games design. Basically, they're, they're a bunch of geniuses. We work with some very, very creative people. Um, and we're trying to push the boundaries on uh, in terms of what we can do. We believe strongly in, um, in the education market. I, I went to university, I enjoyed my time there. Um, but I'm also realistic about the era that we are in, right. So I was watching the news the other day, and it was a uh, news footage somewhere in the States talking about 40 million evictions mm. in like yeah. this year or something. And I just saw that and I was like, this is insane. How can you do this? Like, it's like mad, but um, there's gotta be uh, another way of figuring these problems out. Um, and I don't know if UX is the answer for all problems, but as I said, it's definitely a good way of looking at problems differently, looking at problems from a different angle um yeah pretty much us mm -hmm. are you are you looking to you mentioned your team are you looking to you know grow your team um you know ideally it, let's say in the future you're continuing to make these courses um what type always of, what types of people so are you looking for one of the benefits for me is my recruitment background so i've worked with some great great people so people on the the candidate side so people that are looking for the jobs and then people on the the client side of things so like agencies what are they looking for 
um, client side companies? What are they looking for? Startups? What's the vibe like? How, how do you define what's a good designer? Um, and because of that background, I've got um, a great understanding of the type of people that I want to um, I want on my team. Um, and what I'm really looking for is people that are creative, like they don't need to be, you know, the next um, Bill Gates or anything. But I just want you to be like funky with your ideas. <laughs> Funky with your that's the, that's <laughs> funky with your ideas. That's the best way to kind of describe it. Like, don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we're not the most um, formal office when we were in an office. I don't encourage corporate dress codes. Um, I want you to be comfortable, like most designers are. Um, and I just want people that are that believe in the vision. Like, this isn't. Um, a corporate setting where we you know we do want to make money but like for me it's about systematic change mm. some grassroots systematic change that's what we're looking at yeah so it sounds like your your why is definitely driving um your team and, and what you're trying to accomplish um when it comes to educators and teachers you know, part of the audience of this this show are um, people who are in the classroom teaching um, or have done uh, recently or formerly. Um, any any places for them or feedback you're looking from them? I wanted to ask a question to teachers that are in classrooms that are underfunded and they don't have the resources needed to teach a class to their Full capability. Um, I wanted to ask: Would people consider augmented reality in a classroom? Because this is something that we've been looking at. So one of the courses that we will be introducing is 3D design. 3D design is a, a great starting block to get into augmented reality and virtual reality. Um, and I was just thinking about this. My my little niece, she she's got like the IKEA app. Do you know what IKEA is? IKEA ikea is um like a swedish furniture yes. store like yes. it's pretty Sells the food. It's pretty big <laughs> yeah they do food they had yeah. this scandal about horse meat they were serving people horses but that's another story altogether but essentially she's got this augmented reality app for furniture so you pull your tablet out and then um you can see a table on the floor or, uh, or a sofa or whatever and you could just see that through your your ipad and I was thinking, you know, with limited resources, with a lot of students having laptops and phones now, would that be something that teachers would consider to have something that was an augmented reality class where they would just need to put their notes in and those notes would just appear in thin air? Mm. The, the, these are the kind of things that I'm thinking about. Mm. Look, I, I think traditional teaching is, is always going to be there. My mother is a teacher. And um, I think it's important to to have a standard way of doing things. But I also feel that are we ready to kind of um, look at technology a little bit differently? Not just, you know, we're teaching these kids about coding and we're teaching them about UX. What can we really implement that keeps them engaged? Because I don't know about you. If you if you put a kid into a class and uh, you've got Fortnite running in the background, I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, move towards the Fortnite side of things. So, what can we do to to keep things uh, a little bit more engaging? 
that's a that's a question that I want to put out to to teachers. Like that's just one example. Like the course that we're doing, it's um, it's very creative. So they've got coursework, they've got games that they'll play. We keep them engaged, um, and that's one of the things that I'm looking at. I wanna I wanna know what what um, what are the difficulties in teaching something like this? Um, because so far all of our reviews have been positive. So I'm really keen to to see what teachers think about it and what what students think about it as well. Because um, I think it's the start of something potentially great. Absolutely. Definitely. That's why I wanted to have you on the show, just so that you could unpack all of that and then um, really just give that call to action. So this is um, this is that for our listeners. Um, if you are listening, please take a look at the show notes um, for ways to connect with um, Suge and Digital Influx. Um, there's also a link to send in a voice message to me about your thoughts on this podcast. So if you have any perspectives or stories to share, please feel free to reach out um, that way or find me on Twitter, Instagram at UX underscore EdTech or on LinkedIn as Alicia Kwan. So this is the UX of EdTech podcast, an exploration of user experience in the education technology space. I look forward to learning with you next time.